This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. My dad has inspired me so much with his entrepreneurial businesses and just like the way that he goes about life, you know, like I feel like my dad wakes up at 4 a.m. every day and he's like excited to work, excited to go and like conquer the world. And like every time I'm upset about something with my business, he always says like, remember, we're a magnet and we attract what we want. If this is what you want, attract it. Like think about how many people are going to walk in your shop today. Think about all your successes in a year because it'll happen. Like he truly believes in that. So it's definitely inspired me and I'm so proud to be doing my business with my family. Like, I think about that all the time. And even though it's been really hard, too, it's whenever I we have a success and celebrate together, it's very rewarding. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast. As always, I am thrilled to be here to be sharing all of these amazing stories and having these inspirational guests on. I know that you guys love the guests that I have on, and this one is one that I am probably one of the most excited for because I'm actually sitting down on the mic and speaking with one of my best friends. Her name is Juliana Bernini. You guys definitely know her if you follow along on my channel, Instagram, even on the podcast. She is a three-timer, so she's been on quite a few times, but we've never actually dove into her story. The very first episode I did with her, it was all about her being an international student. So we talked about her coming from Costa Rica to North Carolina and kind of what her college experience was like. But now flash forward to, I think it's been like a year and a half since that last interview, maybe even two years, which is wild. So almost two years later, we're doing another interview and boy has a lot changed. So much has changed. Not only has she started a new business, but she's in a completely new city. The pandemic has completely changed her life. She is out of a relationship. It's just, it's a lot that has changed in her life. So this episode is like a whole new person coming on the podcast. We talk all about her small business and it also got me thinking about all of the small businesses out there trying to make it through COVID. And I want to take this moment to say how freaking proud I am of every single small business that has made it through COVID because I obviously can see it from her side of things. I can see how she started a business in COVID, but there are some businesses that have actually been rocked by the pandemic. And I just want to say, I am so proud of you for sticking through it. And this has been one of the most challenging times, but if you have made it, and even if you haven't, just know that This was something that no one had ever planned for, and you are so strong for being able to not only be an entrepreneur, but to be an entrepreneur during COVID, especially for everyone that has like a mom and pop shop, a brick and mortar shop, anything like that, that was completely halted, production was closed, your doors had to be closed, restaurants, like I I just, I want to give a round of applause for you because it's honestly something that I can't even believe that that so many businesses had survived and pushed through this and it really does inspire me. So I've been trying my best to shop at local shops and that has really opened my eyes. Of course, I don't exclusively shop at small businesses, but it's something that I've been really trying to do. So I'm very excited to have Julian to talk a lot about that. 
And as for what has been going on lately, I wanted to do a little high and low of the week for this episode. So my high of the week was that my friend Tasha came to visit me. So I haven't seen Tasha in quite a while. It's been, it's been, oh my gosh, I think it's been since January of 2020. So it's been a year and a half since I last saw her. We've done FaceTimes where we've like drank wine together on FaceTimes and we'll chat and we're like constantly texting. So I feel like it's been a lot shorter, but she did come over this weekend and it was so much fun. We had a little staycation in South Beach and it was so, so much fun. I loved hanging out with her. She came from Wednesday to Monday. So that was really nice. It was also nice kind of being a tourist in Miami because even though I just recently moved here, I have never been to Miami as a complete tourist. You know, like I've never stayed in a hotel here. I've never done any of that. And it's because I'm originally from South Florida. We've had an apartment in Florida for a very long time, so I've never done the hotel stay. Like, we have so many family here that we usually stay with them, but it was really fun staying at a hotel. I thought it was such a different experience, and it gave me such a different, like, look on Miami. I kept telling Tasha, I was like, this is not what it's really like. Like, let me just tell you, this is not what my day-to-day is like. So that was really fun, but I would say my low of the week was getting sick, so... If you can hear my voice, it is uh, probably not the best right now. I'm a little congested, but getting sick was definitely a huge low for me. I hate getting sick. Um, I just have a cold. I'm such a baby. Literally, I'm not like achy. I don't have a fever. I don't have anything like too wrong with me, but I have a pretty bad head cold, I would say. So that was definitely my low was just getting a little bit congested, a little bit sick. You know, when you're trying to go to sleep and you can't because like your nose is all stuffed that that has just been a huge low for me I haven't really been getting much sleep so that's been pretty annoying and also I don't know about you but when anyone else has like a cold or if they're taking any like cold medicine do you have wild dreams because I swear I have the weirdest dreams when I'm sick or when I'm like taking medicine for being sick like I have strange dreams I'm like are these fever dreams like (laughs) is that what that is because I have such weird dreams and they're so vivid and like I'm so restless in my sleep when I have these dreams. I don't know. It's so weird. Like, I'm definitely someone who dreams a lot, and I love to know the meaning of dreams, but I feel like it's something when you're sick or when you're taking that medicine, it just messes with your head and it messes with your sleep. But anyways, this week's episode feels like it is a motivational speech. One of my best friends, like I said, Julie, sits down with me and we go really deep. So her story is so powerful and uplifting and she shares the most incredible advice during the interview that I know no matter what stage of life you're in, this is going to be a good one for you to listen to. We were literally holding back tears at one point because we've had each other's backs through some really challenging times and I am so grateful to call her my best friend. We talk all about her business, which is the Bernie Bean. And if you guys love coffee, then you definitely need to be sure to order it. But we also hear about her life journey and it's so inspiring. I remember when she called me and she told me that she broke up with her boyfriend, quit her job and left her apartment all in the same day. And I literally booked my flight back to New York because I was like, you don't have a place to go. So <laughs> I remember that day she just picked up the phone. And she was, I was like, Hey, what's up? And, uh, and she was like, I just broke up with my boyfriend. And I quit my job and I need to get out of here. And I was like, I'm on my way back. (laughs) 
<laughs> she truly is one of the strongest women that I know. This huge change had led her to make a drastic change in her life and then to start putting herself first, which I'm so proud of because it's something that she wasn't doing for such a long time. She took some time to heal. She connected back to her Costa Rican roots and she built a family business in coffee, which is one of her loves of her life, I will say. The Bernie Bean opened during the pandemic, which is no small feat. I'm telling you this. I, I have such respect for businesses that survived and opened and made it through the pandemic. And she's managed to bring the Costa Rican coffee experience back to America and Dallas, Texas specifically. So if you're in Dallas, go ahead and check out her shop. But seriously, go order a bag of coffee beans as soon as the episode is over. And you guys can use my code Natalie 15. In this episode, we dive into the full specialty coffee experience, because if you're like me, I, I did not know the difference. Starting a business during COVID as a non-U.S. citizen, which starting a business in general is hard. Starting a business in the United States, not as a citizen, is 30 times harder. We also talk about using change as an opportunity for self-discovery and the importance of connecting to your roots. I just know that you guys are going to love this episode and be so inspired and be sure to DM her, DM me if any of this resonated with you. But let's just get into this episode because I know that you're going to love it. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today as it should with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tip are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet, Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz. And take it from me, I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Eras tour for like the third time. You know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Waze new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? 
it is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 450 degrees, reduces and repairs split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration. And according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. So you can frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Hi, Julie. Thanks for being on my podcast. Hi, Natalie. How's it going? I am so excited to have you here because you are one of the only guests that I've actually had on twice. This is going to be the second time that you've been on my podcast. It's actually the third time. Third time? I interviewed you one time, remember? Wait, I actually don't remember that. That's funny. What did you interview me on? One time oh. you interviewed me about being an international student and all that. Then one time it was like a best friend. Yes, yes. Oh my God, I completely forgot about that. That wasn't even that long ago. I know, that was like three months ago. That's so funny. Okay, so third time. Wow, you're the first third time guest. Third time's a charm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have been wanting to have Julie on again because first time we talked about her being an international student, like she said, and now she has her own business. She has gone through a lot and I feel like her story is incredible and it just needs to be shared. So I'm so excited to have her on and also Julie's like my best friend. So it's obviously just more fun recording with her. <laughs> exactly. It's easy. We're just like, it feels like we're just talking. Yeah. Yeah. We're currently in Jacksonville together on a little weekend trip. We actually got here Wednesday. So kind of like a week trip and it's been a lot of fun. It has been. Uh, thanks for inviting me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm glad you did. No, it's so much fun. So we're going to get started with setting the record straight. So the first one is starting a business is really fun. Yes and no. I feel like it's very fun to dream and to have goals and to kind of like start accomplishing them. But it's also definitely very hard emotionally, mentally, like takes a lot. It becomes, I mean, I feel like starting a business becomes your life. So you have to be ready for that. I mean, it takes over your life. Like you don't have a life. I feel like a lot of times people at work can kind of leave work at home or like, oh, my identity is not my work, which I agree your identity shouldn't be your work. But when you start a business, it's really hard to not have it be that it's so hard it's like you want to not let it be to that point but then it's like sometimes I'm at 1 a.m still working and I'm like I have to get this done because I'm so passionate or because it's my priority mm-hmm. you know it's, it's like your child exactly it's my baby I yeah. always say that it's like Bernie Bean is my baby <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the next one is the pandemic hurt small businesses 100 yes especially starting my business during the pandemic as an international, it hurt also in other ways, like because it like put me behind in a lot of things with the importing. It put me behind in a lot. I mean, it definitely hurt in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, I feel like it's so sad at how many businesses 
shut down? How many businesses didn't survive this? I mean, I actually saw an article in New York, some of the most like iconic restaurants and iconic bakeries and they couldn't make it. You know, they were there for like 50 years and they like shut down permanently this year. That's insane. That's so sad. It's like Costa Rica too, like over 54% of all restaurants have closed and they're still shut down. Hopefully the ones that are alive make it through. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad for like the relief that like a lot of the businesses were able to get, but it's still so sad at how hard it was to not only start a business during a pandemic, but to keep a business during a pandemic. I know. And it doesn't only just affect the business, you know, it affects all the owners like mentally and like the employees, the everybody, like the providers or like wholesale, like anything you have involved, it affects everybody. It's like a ripple effect. Yeah. No, it's so sad. And the next one is that being a young female boss is hard. Yes, it's true. (laughs) It is true in a lot of different ways, but it's 100% true. Yeah. We were talking about that earlier, Julie and I, we were like, it's so hard because a lot of times the people that you hire are older than you. And so it's, it's not that they don't respect you, but it is harder to, you know, take someone seriously that's younger than you or to like, if you become friends with them, like we want to become friends with our employees. But then it's that line of like, well, we're friends, but we're also your boss. And then that's like a hard line. And then giving criticism is hard. I feel like, I don't know. I find it very, very difficult. I think managing people is personally my least favorite part of owning a business. I know it's so, it's so hard to know. Also, like, I feel like I'm always struggling in my mind. Like, what is the right way to say this? Or what's the best way to say this? And you're constantly learning. You can't Google like the exact situation that happened to you and like figure that out that way. So it's like, you always have to go with your gut feeling on what is the best. And sometimes you're going to be wrong, you know? So it's like accepting that too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could not agree more. So Julie, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself for those that don't know you? Of course. So I was born and raised in Costa Rica. My family lives in San Jose. We've always been in the agriculture industry. So like my dad, even though he's a doctor, he's always had like that agriculture side to him because his grandfather was an agriculture man. Um, And he actually paid for land back in Costa Rica with the work of his hand. So he would like negotiate that if I work like and do this, like I'll get this land. And like it was like the old way kind of style. So I grew up going to my farms. I grew up, you know, like drinking our coffee. It was really fun to grow up in Costa Rica because... We've always been like more, like connected to nature and like we've always like wanted to make an impact in the world. And even though it is a third world country and I live in the United States now and I love it here too. It was, I, I believe it was such a, an amazing way to grow up. And then I wanted to come to the United States for college and my grandma married an American. So we came, well, I came <laughs> and went to a North Carolina State University where I met you and I became a food scientist. And then... I worked in New York for a little bit, which was like the complete opposite of Costa Rica. So yeah. it was a fun, you know, it was fun to like see both types of lifestyles because they're so different. And now I'm in Dallas, Texas, where I just opened my business in January. And now I wanted to ask you, what did you want to be when you were younger? Because you're an entrepreneur now, you're in the coffee business. What's something that you, were you always like interested in starting your own business? That's so funny because... After, like, I turned, like, 15, yes. But before that, I always wanted to be, like, an actress. My dream was, like, to be in High School Musical. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I know. And and you were a dancer also. I know. I was. And I would, like, I just was obsessed with the idea of being an actress. Like, I would, like, go on, like, online and look like, up, like, Disney castings and things like that. And obviously that didn't happen. But then I started obsessing about the idea. Not obsessing, but I was, like, I want to have a restaurant one day. That was, like, my dream. 
At what age? Like 15. So were you always into cooking or food? Yes. Yes. So cooking is my love language, I think. I like to cook for the people that I love. I like to cook to make people happy, to get people together. So I always wanted to be involved with food and that's how I wanted to be a chef. And then we started like brainstorming and food science came up and that's how I kind of went that direction. And I think that's because of my my roots growing up with my grandmother. She always cooked for us. We always, coffee for us was like, we would go over to my grandma every Saturday. This was my my dad's mom. And we would um eat lunch. And it was like a two-hour lunch, you know, like where you talk, like sobre mesa is what we call it. And then an hour later, the table was already packed with like bread, sour cream, natilla, cakes, cookies. And she was like, coffee time. And it was like another two hours of just hanging out and drinking coffee. So it's always been something that I've loved. It's always brought my family together. It's always been like time where we tell funny stories and we laugh. And so it's always been really important to me. Yeah. I mean, I ever since I've known you, you've always been a big cook. Like I remember Julie and I met in college. And so if you want to hear more about that, the first episode that we did together definitely explains it. But we met in college. It was my sophomore year, her freshman year. And I always remember like going to your apartment and you cooking, you know, I would be like, oh my God, like Julie's inviting me over for dinner. Thank God. (laughs) You were so much better than me. Like in college, I would make like macaroni and cheese or like a frozen meal or I did not cook. Like I like really was bad at cooking, I feel like. And you also come from a really entrepreneurial family. Like your dad's an entrepreneur. You have other family members that are entrepreneurs. So is that something that influenced you when you wanted to start your business? Oh, 100%. Like my dad has inspired me so much with his entrepreneurial businesses and just like the way that he goes about life, you know, like I feel like my dad wakes up at 4 a.m. every day and he's like excited to work, excited to go and like conquer the world. And like every time I'm upset about something with my business, he always says like, remember, we're a magnet and we attract what we want. If this is what you want, attract it. Like think about how many people are going to walk in your shop today. Think about all your successes in a year because it'll happen. Like he truly believes in that. So it's definitely inspired me. And I'm so proud to be doing my business with my family. Like I think about that all the time. And even though it's been really hard too, it's whenever I, we have a success and celebrate together, it's very rewarding. Yeah, I think that's so special. And I know we were talking about that this week, like how hard our parents have worked or how you know like you were telling me about your dad and how much he's accomplished and it's it's not coming from anything you know it's like just like working really 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 hard and getting where they need to be and that like inspires us a lot and I do think that I'm very grateful that I come from a family like that and you also probably are too because I think it instills like a harder work ethic in us definitely even like even though my mom didn't start her own business or anything I've always seen my parents like get up and work every day and fight for what they want. So I think it's definitely part of me, you know? Yeah, definitely. And how did you come up with Bernie Bean? Like, what was the inspiration behind Bernie Bean? All right. So like I said, I originally like wanted a restaurant like when I was little, but coffee has been in my family for over 150 years. And then I was like, what way can I not only do a business, but I want to help, you know, my country and I want to help America, like the United States. So I was like, well, bringing my coffee that is specialty coffee can be something more special because it's not very common in the United States. So I can teach people in the United States um, about specialty coffee and what is special about it, like fair trading. We're 100% sustainable. Um, we're like a higher grade coffee, um, things like that. But also I I was like, I want to donate back to my country some way. We started doing research and Costa Rica actually is like, 
mostly rainforests and mostly like I, we have like so much biodiversity and I think that's something that we need to treasure. Um, so we decided that we wanted to donate back to the, the rainforest and we're not only providing, you know, jobs for Costa Rican people, but also for Americans. And we're really trying to overall help the world, the world be a better place and people to be happier. And I really just want to make a stand in a positive way. So we were like, we should do that through coffee. Like coffee was always such a happy, safe thing for us. You know, it was like a tradition for my family, a way we bonded. And like I said, our love language. So that's what I want to do in my shop and in my brand. I want to spread like the love and the tradition. And like I always say, my coffee is not a hustle. It's a lifestyle. Um, and our slogan is coffee with care because we actually care. And Julie's coffee, I'm going to brag on you for a second also because <laughs> Julie's coffee really is made with so much love and also it's actually making an impact like I know a lot of companies say like oh yeah we're donating and it's like they don't say the amount per, like the percentage or like it's not like you don't actually know where the money is going or it's like oh yeah it's like ethical and it's uh fair trade but like Julie has videos of her farmers she has interviews with her farmers they they pay them fair wages like they it's not it's different than other, I feel like Costa Rican coffee. And I think you can also say that too. A hundred percent. So that's what specialty coffee is all about. To give you like a quick summary, it's like when coffee is specialty coffee, it means that it's a hundred percent traceable. So you'll always be able to know where it comes from, how it's farmed, it's processing, if it's fair trading, which it usually is for specialty coffee, the kind of like fruit that it is, the kind of plant like Katuayi or whatever. And then the way it's roasted, where it's roasted, like basically you just know everything. And that's really cool because I feel like with a lot of things that we put into our body, we're not that conscious sometimes. We don't even wonder. I think it's really, really cool and different and how you are from Costa Rica and like that is your family's farm. Like it's not like you're outsourcing anything. Like everything is your own. I know. Well, actually, we do outsource some things because micro lots are very small. So it would be impossible to have enough. Like... Um, a specialty coffee, basically, it's a micro lot. So you only produce a certain amount and you can't get any more. You know, so it's yeah. it's weird because some th- we're going to have to explain one day, like, okay, we're out of the floor for the year. We do outer some stuff, but regardless, it's just cool that I've, I was born in these farms. So when I go take pictures, it's my farm, you know, things like that. It's just really cool. Yeah. And was Bernie being like a light bulb moment or like, when did you like decide, like, what was the moment where you're like, we're going to do this? Oh my gosh. Well... When I lived in New York, I remember my brother was visiting me and we were walking through coffee shops and we were like, why don't we have a coffee shop? Like, that would be so cool. And we were just dreaming. Like, it wasn't even like starting to be planned or anything. And then um, during the pandemic, I had like a life crisis and I went back home and it was kind of like, this is my time. Like, it's now or never. Like, I'm taking advantage and I'm running with it. And that's how it happened. Yeah, yeah I, feel, I always think like, whenever you came up with Bernie Bean, because when you left New York, you were thinking of like a bakery or, a, you know, like a meal plan or like cookbooks and stuff like that. And then I remember like always like keeping up with you and you're like, I think we're going to start a coffee shop. I know it was like, I feel like it was like just one moment where it was like, if I don't do it now, I feel like I'll never do it. So I'm just going to do it right now. I'm like taking that leap of faith. And that was like really hard because I feel like when it comes to making really, really like important decisions I doubt myself a lot like even with like when they're not that important but just like committing to something forever you know like it was so I was like okay like if I'm committing to Bernie Bean I'm committing to maybe failing which was really hard for me to like think about and then but my dad was like you can never start a business thinking that way 
Like, we're not going to fail. My dad was like, we're not going to fail. Like, if we start this, we're going to do everything we can and everything we know we have to not fail. So I was like, okay, let's do this. And we just started planning. At first, it was just really fun because it was just like the brand. You know, like we were trying to figure out like the color palette and the, the logo. And it was like all the dreams without thinking about like reality. You know, like this is what the coffee shop is going to look like in the middle of, you know, like Italy. And, like, and then you start like kind of going back to reality and you're like, okay, this is kind of like a lot. We need to like calm it down. But so that's how it. I think we decided to take the leap of faith. And then we started looking at different farmers with um, different types of coffee. And we started trying them all. And that's how we came up with the names too. And that's how we decided what kind of processing we wanted in our coffee. With either honey processed or washed. And it was really cool. Then I started taking my barista course. And it was just really cool because I also was learning a lot. Um, so because I wasn't a coffee super knowledgeable person it was just in my family it was in, I felt like it was in my blood but I wasn't like you could have asked me about the science behind coffee and I probably didn't know you learned everything I feel like when you went back home to Costa Rica yes I was inspired by being back with my family like by going back to my farms I because I had not gone back home for a, for like a long time in I think like three years with all my visa stuff and everything with the OPT I couldn't go back home and like so I never really had time to just like enjoy my home not worrying about having to go back or my boyfriend being back and I just like was it was my first time going back home where I was just like okay like I get to enjoy home I get to enjoy my mom I get to like just be yeah and during the pandemic so you lived in New York for a little bit you had your job after school in New York you lived with your boyfriend and then one day you got out of your long-term relationship quit your job and moved out of your apartment literally on the same day like, what was going through your head that day? Or, like, can you talk more about that? I think the biggest thing was I was, like, not happy with anything. But I was so scared to leave anything. So it was like I was living in fear. I was obviously very unhappy in my relationship. It was such a toxic relationship. Mentally, it was draining. And we were not in, same page, in the same page of anything. There were lies in between that I came to find out afterwards. So it's like... And I, but I knew I, in the back of my mind, I knew things too. So I was just like, kind of like a zombie when it came to that. I feel like I was like kind of pushing things aside, but they were like piling up. And then I didn't like my job, even though I was very thankful for it. I wasn't like living the dream. Like I was just leaving a job, you know, like I was like in my job, in a toxic relationship, like so not happy at home, not very happy at work. Even though I like New York, I didn't even live in the city. So like to go see my friends in the city, I had to like take a train and like, exhausting after my like working so many hours I started like losing all my self-esteem like I felt ugly and like I was just like oh my god I need to do something about my life right now and I just had a breakdown I was just like wow like I can't go one more day with like this I, I can't do it anymore and God gave me the strength to do it all at once I don't know why uh, I really can't explain why because I wasn't planning it I wasn't I had talked about all the things individually, like, I'm eventually going to quit my job. I, and I, I remember telling you a month before I broke up with my ex-boyfriend, I was like, I know he's not the one for me. Like, I, this is not the man I will marry. Um, so I, like, slowly built my mind up to that point, but I never thought that I was going to do it all at once. And more than that, I don't think I was ready, but I survived. And I told you that before. I don't think anyone can ever be ready for that, but I think everybody can be ready to take a stand for your life. Like and take take a stand to make a change in your life to be happier 
and to follow your dreams. I felt like I was never going to accomplish my dreams trying to make somebody else happy that wasn't ever going to be happy. I mean, I always say that you are literally one of the strongest people I know because of that, because you made such a big life change. And just to put things in perspective, like this is a boyfriend that you were with for three years, three years of your life. You moved in together. You moved across the country together. You, you know, we were in a pandemic. You couldn't go back home to Costa Rica because the airport was shut down and you moved out of your apartment and you didn't have, you know, this was in May. So to, it is exactly a year ago, actually, which is crazy. When we're recording this, it was a year ago. Julie was in the middle of moving out of her apartment and like so upset and so distraught. And I just remember thinking like, I'm so proud of her for doing this because this is so freaking hard. I know. Like I just... I feel like I was a zombie that entire like two weeks. I literally, when I think back at that, I'm like, oh my God, like I wasn't feeling like I was just like surviving, if that makes sense. Like, um, but I, when I think back on it too, I, I'm so proud of myself because I proved to myself that I could do something I never thought I could. You know, like I remember like laying in bed at sometimes and thinking like, if I stay here, like, I, first of all, I felt like I was staying places just to be save my relationship when my relationship was already not good. So it was almost like an addiction to, like, save something that wasn't there. And I thought about breaking up with my boyfriend, I feel like, so many times, and I just couldn't do it. So the fact that I did it was enough for me to be like, oh, my God, I did it. You know, like, I finally got out of something I wasn't happy in. It was so funny. Like, I was just, like, actually having a life crisis. Like, I feel like if... That would have been a reality show. It would have been so good because I was like, I like sat down on the couch. I break up with my boyfriend immediately after. I'm like, hold on one second. I'm going to go quit my job. I get up and while he's like telling his parents that we broke up, I'm like quitting my job. On the phone. On the phone. And then two minutes later, I'm like, I'm going to email that guy that we're breaking the lease. Like, because we're not going to live together, you know, like after. So I was just like doing thing after thing and then I called my mom and I was like mom like this just happened and she was like what (laughs) she was like are you kidding and then I was like mom I know I picked perfect timing but it's okay I'm gonna go back home and we're gonna figure this out I look up tickets and it looks like I have them I'm like checking out and they're like the Costa Rican airport is closed you can't go like basically you can't go home and I was like oh my god like I'm literally what am I gonna do I remember like that was in your apartment and I was like crying like I was crying everything I could cry in my body. It was like a, like I need to take everything out, every single little feeling I have in my blood. I need to take it out right now. And we're laughing now. We were not laughing back then. Like it was the, I just remember being like, Oh my God. Like, obviously Julie was going to stay in my apartment for as long as she needed to. Cause like that did not matter, but it just sucked because I knew that she didn't want to be there. You know, she wanted to be home with her family. Like when stuff like this happens and you haven't seen your family in a long time and you're in a city that, you know, you're sleeping on a couch or you're sleeping in a bed with your friend. Like, it's not the same. Like you're sleeping out of a suitcase and your stuff is in storage. Like you just want to go home. And literally all the flights were, cl- we could not figure out how to get a flight. Like We were thinking like, okay, can her parents come here? Nope. Because the airport was closed for them too. Like it was just insane. And then you ended up leaving, what, two weeks later? How long? Yeah. I think I was there for two weeks, which I don't want to say like I wasn't happy there because I was so thankful for you. And like, I I always say I'll forever cherish you because like you saved me in like one of my hardest times in my life. 
Ooh, I'm gonna cry. No, it's not true though. Like I, look, I just happened to be in New York, but like you're the one that did everything. You know. I know, but you weren't even there. You actually flew there for me. Like I just, you were such an amazing friend, and I feel like I'll never look past that. But, and I was actually, you made me feel so comfortable at your place, which is like not that easy too. You know, like not just with anybody you feel that way. Like, mid-heartbreak, mid, like, not knowing what I'm doing with my life. At least we were, like, laughing, you know? Like, I feel like we would go out on walks. And, I mean, even my crazy dog was there. Like, it was just, like, so much. I was like, I know. I was like, Natalie's literally going to kill me. But you didn't. You were just such an amazing friend. And your roommate was so nice to me, too. And you guys helped me pack my apartment. But I think the worst part about it all, too, was, like, when I broke my lease, I knew they, were, they would give us a 30-day. But my ex-boyfriend wouldn't leave. So I literally, like, I was just like, even packing was uncomfortable. You know, everything was just uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just such a hard time because nothing was easy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so Pernaya actually helped. My Pernaya is my old roommate. And Pernaya had actually gone the first day to help Julie pack. And then the second day, I had gone to help her pack her apartment. And when I tell you, not one word was <laughs> said. <laughs> between me and her ex-boyfriend like he was in the kitchen like like cooking or whatever I don't know doing whatever and I'm literally packing up and I'm like Julie is this yours like not addressing him not saying hi not saying one word we were just in there to pack up her stuff and get out and like it was one of those things where like I didn't even want her going alone because I was scared that like I don't know like whatever he would say to convince you to stay or something I was like no 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 we're gonna help you pack we're gonna help you get everything you do not need to be alone in there like it was the most awkward moments. I think Julie was a full on like zombie mode, like get in, get out. Like, <laughs> I really, I really wish we had like a hidden camera because like it was like a movie. Like we would do such a good reality show because it was just so dramatic and so uncomfortable. And I was just like, I was determined, you know, I was like, I need to get in, get my shit and like get out of here. You know, like it was just not like I wasn't messing around at that point anymore. I feel like I was just determined to get out of there and like go home eventually and figure out what I really wanted. Like kind of sit down and just have like a heart to heart with myself. Like, what do I really want? What do I really need? What is going to make me happy? Because this is the time where I'm getting the opportunity. I started seeing it as an opportunity to change my life towards what I wanted. Not saying that my decisions since then are all good or that everything has been all fun, you know, but it, it definitely is what I want. So at least in the hard times, I'm like, this is what I want. This is what I'm fighting for. So, right. And a lot of people, I feel like, feel like the same way as you did, like very trapped in a toxic relationship, trapped in a job they don't like, like trapped in a life that they don't like, you know? And sadly, it is a lot of, a lot of times people that feel like they can't leave someone or they can't be alone. Or do you have advice for someone like that? I just feel like, what my best advice is put yourself first, love yourself more. I think that's the best advice because I think in toxic relationships, somehow you end up being like your own enemy, you know, like, it, or at least for me, that's what it was. Like, I was like, oh, I'm never going to find a boyfriend again. I'm never going to find a job again. I'm never going to be happy again. And then I was like, what am I talking about? I'm not even happy. You know, like, this is like, I need to love myself more and like, stop worrying about my God, is he going to like what I made for dinner and worry about like, I don't want to eat this. Like, you know, like kind of like start being selfish for once, because I think we forget to take care of ourselves when we're in a relationship like that. And I also feel like deep down, you know, that you're in a bad relationship and like 
you just feel trapped. Like you really, really do. Like you know that this isn't the right guy for you. Like you even told me like he's not the one. And I'm like, then what are you doing? So I think the hardest thing is leaving and it feels like you're the end of the world. Probably like I remember when you were like so upset, but it's you will be happier and you will find happiness and you will honestly like feel so much more free. And you know what else? I think I was so scared. I wouldn't break up with him or like with my job because I remember being so scared of the pain. But the minute I realized like I'm already having that pain was the day that I was like, wow, I can do this because this might be worse. You know, in a couple of years, like I was scared of pain that I was already having. I was already causing myself that pain by thinking about the pain that I would have, you know. So I think it's so important to kind of just like sit down if you're not happy and figure out what it's not making you happy because it's there and leaving it will be better than staying there. And and I think that's kind of like the realization I had that morning. I remember my mom sent me a text that morning and he was like, hey, I just want you to remember that you are the most special thing to us and that um, love is never selfish. And remember to love yourself more. And I re- that was text. Like, I needed that to give me strength, you know. And um, I just think that you just need to really, really focus on you. And, and it's so hard. I know it doesn't sound hard, but it's so hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so hard, especially because you leave a life that you only, like, that's the life you knew, you know. Like, you live together. You're always with that person. You're, you know comfortable even if you're not happy you're comfortable like it's like what you know and I think it's hard like I mean you I truly think had one of the hardest situations because you literally could not go home like you were you actually were trapped (laughs) in this country like (laughs) you were physically trapped like you could not leave so I feel like for you it was even so so much harder and now look at you literally a year later I even remember telling you when you were going through all this I'm like think about your life a year from now you are not gonna be this sad you know you're gonna be so much happier doing something that you love and like bernie bean wasn't even a thing and when this was always happening and now it's literally exactly one year later and i feel like you're doing so much better oh wow yeah like i mean i also feel like i've dedicated time to all the things i lost in my way you know like i like them i had not hung out with my brother for example for so long and i finally got time to hang out with my brother and like one trips with my friends without worrying about a guy cheating on me on the other side, you know, like even just, I remember like I started like feeling pretty again slowly. And like, it was just so many things that I feel like I lost that I finally gained back. And my fears started getting foggy and kind of far away when I started thinking like every good thing takes time. If God has a plan for a guy to be in my life, he will show up. Even if it's like five years from now, it doesn't matter. You know, like I started just feeling like I'll, Everything that is meant for me will happen. But I have to stop trying to control everything, even though I still try. But (laughs) I still try to control everything. But I think I had to let go of that control a little bit because if not, it was going to drive me crazy. Right, right. And I mean, a year later, we're talking about Bernie Bean now. So (laughs) I think that is actually crazy. And like with Bernie Bean, I also think you had even more challenges. Like this is why whenever I say Julie is like one of the strongest people I know, it's because not only did she like leave that toxic relationship, in the middle of a pandemic, couldn't go home, like quit her job that she was unhappy in. All of this stuff that was so, 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 so hard for her. She also started a business in a pandemic that was a small business, which like we said, small businesses were really affected by COVID. So like, and 
not only that, she's not even a U.S. citizen. So like starting a business in the United States, being an like international person, like not a U.S. citizen, I never knew how hard it was. Being born in the United States, I think is such a privilege. Like the fact that I don't have to go through any of the hoops that Julie had to go through to start a business. Starting a business, first of all, is so hard. Starting a business not as a citizen is like 10 times harder. So like, what is that process like? Because I've, I know that there are a lot of international listeners that are probably thinking like, oh, well, I want to start a business too. Like, how, how do I do it? Because you had all those questions also. Mm-hmm. It depends on how you want to do it. For me, I wanted my own business to be mine. So I had to apply for an investor visa, which is an E2 to be specific. But I tried to do it through my OPT first, uh, which is my optional practical training which was like, because I studied here and they wouldn't let me because they were like, well, they're not training you if you have your own business. So then I realized that I, that wouldn't work. After I had already started like the idea of Bernie Bean. So I was like, oh my God, I need to figure something out now, you know? So then I learned about the E2 visa. Basically for the E2 visa, I had to get an American lawyer to guide me through everything because it's a very long, complicated process. But I had to show I had the funds for my business. I had to make like a business plan where everything is specified and laid out for everything in my business. It's like how many employees I'm going to have, how much I want to grow, like even like kind of like giving an idea of how much I think I'm going to make in the year, in the next five years, in the next 10 years. Like so after kind of making the business plan with with a business plan company as well, because I had never made a business plan. (laughs) Uh, And even though I could have figured it out, there was like so many things going on that we needed to establish and legal things that I was learning about. I wanted to make sure that I was doing everything right. Then I had to sign the lease to get my visa as well. So I had to commit to a lease with a building in the U.S. without not even knowing if I was going to get my visa. So that was very scary because I was like, well, I'm committing to a retail lease that are not affordable. Like, you know, that are super expensive during a pandemic when I don't even know if I'm going to get my visa. And you saw this building on FaceTime. You never even got to see it in person. I know. I actually, the first time I came to see it, I had already signed the lease. And there was like, we did a clause that was like, if there, you know, like if there are any like disagreements before that date of like me moving in, like we can still break it. But it was still risky, you know, like it was so scary because I feel like now that I'm here for my next shop or for my next anything, like I, it's going to be so different, you know. But I would, I would had so many things in like game. And then when we had already like established everything, my coffee was in the U.S., like my... My lease was signed. Everything was ready to go. But I wouldn't get an appointment in the embassy because of COVID. So I was like, literally, I'm going to go crazy. Like, I remember saying to my dad, I was like, dad, I'm literally going to go crazy. Like, I am having the worst anxiety. Like, I don't know if, like, I pushed everything too much. Like, and my dad was like, if you believe in it, it's going to happen. Like, stop thinking about whether you push it or not. Because if you have not had made everything the way you have, we would not be here. Um, And now we talk about those days and we're like, look at us you know like my dad my dad will come to bernie bean sometimes and visit me he'll sit in the back table seeing people come in and he's just like i cannot believe that this was your vision and you made it happen you know like it makes me want to cry thinking about it because it's like he doesn't have to do anything he comes here and he just sees you know like he's just like looking and admiring and sometimes i feel that way too when we're super packed i like i'll take a minute to just go outside and take a picture of all the people dining. You know, it's just like a milestone that I never thought, like at one point seemed like it was going to be impossible. And same with like, I was telling you, like when I hit my first wholesale sale, I'm going to be like, that's going to be a milestone. And then you start putting milestones and like accomplishing them. And it feels very nice. It's very rewarding. And it's very, 
it makes you even more passionate about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it's crazy because even when I was like, when I came to visit you in Texas and I saw Bernie Bean, it was like your second week open or something like that. I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is like, you have customers. Like you have, you're serving real coffee. Like this is like a legit business. Like it was so weird for me be also to see just because I kind of like, I saw all of your issues. Obviously I wasn't there with you, but like, I remember you texting me like, oh my God, I still haven't gotten an appointment for my visa. And it's been like months and I need to start or like you already had employees and they were like, hello, when can we start? Or like, you know, like you're, then you had even issues with your lease. Like you had issues with the equipment. You had issues with all of like everything. I truly think everything went wrong. I know, but you know what? Like, I'm so thankful also for my mom and like my family being my emotional support because, because things go right. You know, just like everything goes wrong, everything goes right. So like, for example, the, I got the appointment for my visa the day of my birthday. Isn't that weird? Like, I'm like, that's not a coincidence. And then when I got approved, I remember I got out and me and my mom just cried together. Like, we were just crying together because it had been so much. Honestly, like, I think, Julie, you need to write a book eventually. <laughs> I know. I think about it sometimes. I'm like, maybe if I, um, I succeed after a couple of years and everything, I want to have a consulting company where it's a consulting company where I'm helping people make their business because mm-hmm. I, I want to just be there. And I feel like a lot of companies will help you with that. But I want to be like that kind of company. But with my my mission in Bernie Bean to like kind of like become a family, become like so. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I have no doubt that you can do that. Like, I definitely think that that can happen. And you also started the coffee shop during COVID. So like you opened your doors five months ago in January. So how was that like? How did COVID impact your business? Like you're, I know you're in Dallas, Texas, where things are a little more open, but did you notice an impact or did you notice a difference when you started in January? Oh my God, yes. Oh, wow, yes. Like, I mean, the coffee shop wasn't even supposed to be like the main thing of my business. The main thing of my business is the importing of the coffee and the wholesale. But because I know the wholesale takes time and we wanted to have a small coffee shop, we decided that that was going to be a more reasonable way to get people to know us at first. So we started focusing on that. And like, I literally remember opening the doors at 8 a.m. and literally staring at the door. And I was like, first day? not even the first day, like for like a couple of weeks, I would like stare at the door and like thinking like, oh, my God, if people need to come in. Like, how do I attract people? And like, I'm going to go walk around, like tell people about us. Like, you know, like it was, Who was just- your first customer. Do you remember? Yes. So my first customer was actually before we opened. It was the day before. And I was dialing in the machine because we wanted to try the coffee. It was me, my mom, and my brother. And we were like, let's dial the machine, you know, so that we're ready for tomorrow. We were kind of like prepping. And this guy comes in. He was like a Twitter guy too. Like he was kind of famous. I don't remember his name, but he was like knocking on our door. And I was like, oh, we're closed. We actually have never, like, we've never been open. He was like, oh, no, I just want coffee. It was like raining outside. And like, and I was like, you know what? I'm dialing my machine anyways. If you want to come in and hang out for a little bit, I'll sell you my first coffee. And he was like, I'd be honored. And like, so he came in. I didn't even know how to do that transaction. He was like, <laughs> we were like figuring it out together. And then I gave him the, my first espresso. He ordered an espresso and it was the first thing I ever sold. And me and my mom like popped up at all champagne. I was like, <laughs> And my brother was like, oh, my God, you guys are ridiculous. And we were like, no, we need to celebrate. You know, like we had one customer. It was such a big deal, Natalie. Like everything was a big deal. Like even when someone would call Bernie, I was like, oh, my God, the phone is ringing. (laughs) And I feel like 
as someone who's a consumer, who's someone who's a customer, like I never think about this when I walk into a small business, you know, I'm never like, Ooh, like I, you know, they're, they're like so eager for customers that they're so, you know, like you never really think about that, but I always know like, you're always texting me like, Oh my God, we have this many people in the store. Like every single person truly does matter to you. Literally. And like, if people don't like what I, what I'm giving them, I want to know why, like, I'm always trying to, to grow and to learn and to promote my bags and my wholesale. I'm just always trying to like show the real Bernie Bean family, you know, the real Bernie Bean purpose. Like sometimes I even ask, have to apologize to people. I'm like, sorry for talking so much. I know I'm talking a lot about my business and I'm so sorry. And they're like, oh no, we love it. But I'm like self-conscious because I'm like, I have not stopped talking. <laughs> no, but people, I feel like definitely people love supporting small businesses. And you said like Dallas is such a great place for small businesses also. Yes, Texas has really been such a good place to start. I think people are friendly. People want to support small businesses. And people like the fact that we're trying to create a community. Like they want to be a part of that. So I've been very thankful for that. People are open to new things, to trying new things and to learning. So it's been fun. And I had never been to Texas before. How crazy is that? You literally saw Texas through FaceTime. You signed your apartment lease through FaceTime. Yes. Everything I did was through FaceTime. And, um, and then I remember in September, my dad was like, all right, we're done with this. We're gonna get there. Like, we need to go and see this. And my mom was like, yes. And like, okay, I was like, okay, let's go. And we were all going, my brother. And we get in the plane and I remember landing and I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna throw up. Like, I was just so nervous. Everything. But then I started seeing everything and I was just like, so happy, you know, but my first instinct was like, oh, (laughs) this is a reality, you know, like, it was just so scary. And then it was, it started getting more and more exciting when I started realizing I was like, got to the retail space and I was like, like, this is it. Yeah. How weird it was it like seeing it? Was it what you expected? I don't even know how to explain the feeling I had. I was just like, I had chills the entire time. And like, we were like negotiating with the people that were going to do the construction. And we were just so excited. And I even remember like the smell, if that makes sense. Like, I remember the smell of the place when we walked in. It was not what I was expecting, actually. But it was so cool to actually make like feel like okay this is happening like this is gonna happen because in Costa Rica everything was like it's happening but you can see it so it's physical like when you're there you're standing there we were like literally looking at the floor and thinking like this is what we're gonna do like and we want that pink and we want those light bulbs and we want the it was just really fun and then we went to other coffee shops like we wanted to see what was around us we always think a little competition is very good so we were just doing research having fun we ate good we were like okay we feel good like we made the right decision. Yeah. And it's been five months since your doors have opened. So since January, how has it changed from like January to now? Oh my God. Well, first of all, I think we changed something in the shop every day still. <laughs> like every day we're doing something for the better of the shop. And like I told you, I don't think we're going to be done until like July, maybe August. Because I was also scared of like just doing it all at once, you know, because you change your mind, things change. So we've done things slowly. And the amount of traffic that comes into the business has changed so much since the vaccine and everything. Like, so many more people come in now, which has been great. You know, like, we've been happy about it. Now we have, like, more employees. And it's like we have, like, a standard before I feel like our consist- like our quality assurance is better. Like, just everything. Like, it's just, like, it feels like a business now. At first, it felt like, oh my God, we're trying to figure everything out. Even though it was a business, you know, but it was yeah. very like, I felt like I was living like a rush every day, like an adrenaline rush every day. And now I feel more, more comfortable. Even though I still like, when they're like 10 people walk in, I'm like, oh my God, everybody 
getting plays, you know. <laughs> but it's still like, it, I think I'll forever feel that way. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's your baby. Like you said, like it's always going to be. And I definitely think like, I'm so excited to go back. I need to go back. I need to book my flight and head back because I mean, when I went also, it was literally the week of the snowstorm in Dallas. So I think the shop was open for like one day. So <laughs> And it was so cold that no one like wanted to come. Like you still had customers, but it was definitely a slower week because of the snowstorm. So I completely get that. Um, <laughs> and then also like, where do you see Bernie Bean going? Like, where do you see the future of Bernie Bean? Well, I have a lot of dreams. My, uh, so my family always says the sky's the limit. So we want to dream big. And then we know that not, maybe not everything is going to happen. But our dream is to expand to five cities in like the next five years. Um, which is a very, very big goal. So I don't want to say that that's going to happen for sure. But we want to target different cities and kind of like do the shop with a different part of Costa Rica in every single city. Oh, I love that. That's so, yeah. Because right now, if you go to Julie's shop, it's like a rainforest. Yes. So right now it's a rainforest. Everything is hand painted. Everything is like, everything you see is like artisanal, like to say it that way. And it's all local artists too, which I think is really cool and unique. Yeah, we support. That's another big thing for us. We want to. We wanted to support local artists wherever we go. So we have the Rain Stage, which is our like stage where we lo- we have hosted um, a book signing. We've hosted different singers, violinists. Uh, we've hosted. I mean, anybody that wants to be there, we'll host. You know, like even other small businesses that want to expose their product. Like we want to give people a space that they're gonna be. There's gonna be no judgment, and they it's gonna put the word out there, and hopefully they'll even like succeed in our business. You know, it's like a an opportunity to create, like I said, a community. Um, so we want to do that in every single shop, but we want to make them different because Costa Rica has so much to offer. And part of our mission is to promote tourism back to Costa Rica since we are a third world country. Um, and tourism is one of the biggest sources of income. That is super important to us because I, we believe that Costa Rica is the best country in the world. And when I say that, I really mean it. Like it has so much to offer in such a small country and it is so beautiful. So we want to do like the beach vibe and maybe the volcano vibe and, you know, different things uh, around like the country, hopefully one day. And maybe one day we'll have, who knows, a franchise or like coffee shops in every big city in the United States. I mean, that would be a dream come true. Yeah. And I definitely think that you can get there. Like, I think your stuff is good. Like, it's actually quality. So I and you guys do such a great job at branding also. So I think that you guys will be able to get there and you're very innovative and I don't know. It's more than just like a coffee shop. I feel like now whenever I go to different coffee shops, I like compare it to yours, like the like the purpose behind it, you know, because I think a lot of coffee shops are super trendy and they look really cute. But like yours has like such a purpose and such a community and like it feels like a family like when you enter. So I definitely think that that's something unique and I might be biased, but I don't think so, because even like the reviews I'll read online, like they say that, you know, so I think it's like you do a really, really good job at that. Before we go, I wanted to ask you, what is the best advice that you've received? Which I know is a heavy question. I feel like you have to think back to it, but uh, I'd love to know like what's the best advice. All right. I, d- I like know it right away. That's so funny. But as soon as you asked me that, I knew exactly what I wanted to say. And it's like, never like feel defeated because you've gotten rejected. Like you're going to get so many no's. It's like unbelievable. Like you're going to get so many rejections. You're going to get so many people that don't believe in you. You're going to get so many people bringing you down, judging you. Do not give up. Like if you believe in something, keep on going. Because I feel like I'm such so sensitive that I've been like, this is never going to work. Like because somebody told me something and like my brother and my dad and my mom have always been like, and even my grandmother, my everybody that believes in me and has seen 
how much we want this has been like, do not give up. Like, and then we, we started like talking about different success stories. Like I was telling you yesterday, like Facebook, for example, like Facebook has never been down, which was crazy to me. Like no matter how much effort, time uh, it consumes from you or even like nothing, their quality is always the same and they're never going to go down. And I mean, I bet Facebook has been judged like everyone, you know, like, I mean, and it's such a big, strong company. And I think that you just have to believe in what you're doing and not give up. I love that so much. Well, thank you, Julie, for coming on the podcast. Where can they find you? Where can they find the shop? And also, like, if you do go to her shop, definitely mention this podcast if you heard it. Yeah, I love when people come in and they're like, oh, my God, I know your friend Natalie. And I'm like, really? She's my best friend. And then I text you always. I'm like, Natalie, that's not what I give you. But um, you can find me through LinkedIn. I'm Juliana Bernini. My Instagram is Juliana Bernini S. And then our coffee shop Instagram is Bernie Bean Coffee. It's not just a coffee. It's about the wholesale and our farming and everything. So it's cool because you get to learn a lot. We have a website, which is theburniebean.com. And... You can, order, you can order bags online too. So if you don't live in Dallas, like you can order the bags online. Yes. And if you do have like a home espresso machine, we will send you all the information to dial our coffee perfectly. Um, we also will send you recipes for the French press, different growers. I mean, like I'm always responding to everything. So always feel free to reach out. Um, and yeah, so those, I think those are my handles. Am I missing anything? I don't think so, but I have a coupon code. Is this still yes. available? Okay. What is it? Natalie 15? Yeah. Natalie 15. So you guys can use my code if you want to order her coffee and then um, get 15% off. And it's super good. It's like the only coffee I drink now. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomph, and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here, and vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then.